Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use the promo code DNVR25. You'll save 25% off your entire purchase of that CBD-infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life-altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. This will hopefully be the last time I'm going solo for quite some time as both the regular team of Patrick and Michaela should be back before too long. And also, we should have plenty of people ready to be semi-regular guest spots on the show, including our guy, Spence Smith, uh, who is still kind of, not wiping the floor with us, but comfortably leading in our MLB Superstars draft. On this show, of course, going to talk about the Colorado Rockies getting swept at the hands of of the Cincinnati Reds in what turned out to be a pretty non-competitive series for the Rockies all the way around. Chance to steal the third and final game ended up going down by a score of 6-2. to two. Biggest disappointment of the set was the terrible starting pitching. Really, uh, you know, in the first couple of games, they were bad. Just there's no other way to get around the fact that uh, Kyle Freeland and Armand Marquez were both. uh, uh, Now we know, I was going to say their worst outings of the season. That's certainly true for Kyle, uh, who's been kind of shaky as we talked about. We hadn't seen the best version of him yet, but we we had seen him just kind of battling through some of these games, uh, but he was not able to battle through whatsoever in the first game of the series, giving up home runs in five consecutive innings. So you had the game before that in Miami, Chichi Gonzalez giving up three home runs in one inning, which is, of course, notable. Uh, Not, you know, baseball's been around a long time, so stuff like that happens. It's not completely historic, you know, not unique in history, but it is... Uh, close. It's it's very unusual. And then again, and uh, you know, uh, this was I think the first time the Cincinnati Reds have ever done that. One of those stats that's a little bit, you know, would you rather give up one home run in five consecutive innings or five home runs in one inning? It's I don't. You'd really rather not just give up any five home runs is bad. Uh, you don't want to be in that spot. So just did not have it. Uh, you know, I I saw some people. Asking, you know, is this shades of, of 2019? Is is this a sign that, you know, he's going to revert back to who he was when he was so bad then and had to get sent down and, and all of that? And, you know, in one game of a sample size, you can't really say that. Certainly the results were very similar, right? Which is that he was leaving pitches just right over the middle of the plate and, and with hang and with you know, bad movement, uh, not not any kind of sharp, late movement, but really early movement where the ball kind of hangs up there for you to see really, really hittable stuff. And that's what he was doing in 19. Now, in 2019, he was having all kinds of mechanical problems that, you know, I didn't see specifically as much in this one that so much as the, that he was just hitting or not hitting, not hitting spots, missing spots. That's what he was doing missing his spots by quite a bit. But, you know, we'll, we'll have to keep our eyes on it, obviously. It's one of the reasons why, you know, I, I think you've got to pump your brakes on just being assured that the Colorado Rockies pitching for the future is locked up and you should just build in other areas and, 
and you know you want to be sure that Freeland has turned the corner from 19, that his 2020 rebound was real. You obviously need to give him more time to get fully healthy. Um, you do have to take, especially with a guy who got hurt during spring training, uh, when he was really just getting fully built up to, uh, you know, stretched out so that he could pitch 90 to 100 pitches. Uh, that's when he got hurt. And so he really never had gone at full capacity in, in exhibition this year. And, and so he's kind of doing a little bit of spring training out there in major league games. And when you do that against a lineup that's hot and good and at home, which one is where they're especially good. And two, as we all know, the great American small park is the real Coors Field, if that makes any sense to people. What people think Coors Field does uh, for home runs and, and offense in general is actually what Citizens Bank does. Or, uh, yeah, the, 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 sorry, not Citizens Bank. That's a, that's where I feel uh, Great American ballpark. Um, the, the small park, as the ballplayers call it. And, and we saw plenty of uh, fireworks from both sides. Uh, so, some home runs, you know, sort, sort of an irony there that the Rockies did actually get runs in Cincinnati. Five, then three, then two. So not a ton, but certainly not on the edge of, you know, getting shut out or, or being no hit or any of that kind of stuff. They just, you know, they got a little bit of offense and suddenly the, yeah, and obviously the bullpen issues continue to be exactly what they are. We, we There's a little bit of shift there. You've got Daniel Bard and and Michael Givens going real good. Uh, you had a hiccup today from Carlos Estevez. Tough situation to inherit there. One run game, but runners at second and third. Nobody out. Uh, would be great for him to be able to get out of that, but a little bit of command issues. And then he gets Jesse Winker and, and Nick Castellanos, two of the hottest hitters, two of the best hitters right now in all of baseball uh, and and they were able to get to him. And so that, that hurts his stock maybe a little bit. He's still obviously, you know, if if he gets back out there his next outing and, and looks really dominant, you go, okay, Stavis might be fine. Bard and Gibbons. And then after that, it, it, it remains an absolute, well, you know what it remains. It's, (laughs) it's a nightmare out there for Bud Black to know who to hand the ball to. Uh, And that's why he, you know, even after Sensatella gave up the three runs early, had him back out there still in the seventh. So, you know, when Freeland really wasn't able to get it together, Marquez really not able to get it together. I think you can, again, file that one under brief setback. We'll look forward to see what Marquez does next. But uh, Sensatella's line ends up looking worse than it was because of the inherited runs and because he had to kind of go back out there and because there's not really much of a bullpen for Bud Black to rely on and maybe just start the inning that way and recognize that after a, a tough first couple of innings with a lot of traffic and, and the Reds taking a three-run lead there early on, or getting the three runs, excuse me, um, maybe you know recognize that he's gotten you as far through it as he's going to and, and go to the next guy, but... Rockies don't have that luxury, and that's one of the things where you go, yep, they, um, that's why they're going to lose a lot of games. We'll see exactly how many. 5-27 uh, and 27 on the road. Five wins, 27 losses. 
for the Colorado Rockies on the road. That is bad. That is, uh, <laughs> that is, yeah, yeah. So, you know, back to the questions on are, are they going to be historically bad on the road? Certainly looking more and more likely that that's going to be the case. There's still the part of my brain that says law of big numbers, law of averages. These things do balance out. Something weird and random is going to happen and they will go on a run and pick up two or three road wins on a single trip. But and, and, you know, we thought there was a possibility that this could be that trip. Even Patrick, who had him at two wins on the road trip. I thought maybe they'd get to three. Nope, just the one. <laughs> just just the one. But yeah, when you already have well-pronounced issues scoring on the road and you do manage to get some offense here, Two the first game in Miami, four the second, that would be the one that they won, four again in the third, five in Cincinnati, then three, then two. It's it's a real bummer. Again, if your goal is to win baseball games, if your goal is to get that first overall pick or to get, you know, in the top five or whatever, then then great, because you do still have this other side of it. Now the the pitchers, you, you gotta see better than that. So that's that's not a well, the future's looking bright there. That's to take a little bit of a pause, and and you need to see Marquez and Freeland turn this thing around and figure out, because we a lot of times assume those guys are going to be a part of the future, but it's not a given that they need to earn that, and, and they need to make sure that, as we talked about with my favorite sugar quote, like someone doesn't show up and take their job because they're just pitching better, Right. Uh, so those things we'll keep an eye on. I did think to get a little deeper into it, and in fact, I will toast on this day my Strava Craft coffee and my Breck brew and all the other cool stuff you get for being a member at the DNVR.com. Don't forget to subscribe there, all the written content, all the discounts, constantly throwing discounts at you and all the shirts and stuff, uh, hats and th- all kinds of cool stuff we've got at the DNVR locker. Right now, when you sign up, we'll give you a free shirt and we'll get you a Free holistic stick from our friends at Holistic Wellness. Check them out today. H-O-L-I-S-T-I-K wellness.com. You'll get 30% off when you use promo code DNVR30 for all their fantastic CBD products there. But again, become a member. Subscribe today. We love you. We love to have you as a part of the family. So inside of some of these offensive numbers, don't have a, a 20th and blaze for you today. Don't have a, a ranking of them, but just off of the top of my head, more positive stuff from Brandon Rogers uh, had a, a, actually surprisingly enough, some key walks in the series. He had his third home run of the season. So you, you like to see that. I, I told Goodman, you know, I'd, I'd really like to see him hit another home run in this series to keep that positive momentum going so that he starts to feel like hitting home runs in major league baseball is normal. It's a natural thing that he does because he knew he could hit him everywhere else, but you need to prove to yourself you can do it at this level. And now he's got three home runs basically in the last week to 10 days. And you, you really love to see that. And then that allows him to do things like settle in, not feel like he's got to force it and chase Drew uh, a couple of walks today in the finale. Drew a walk in that 10-3 blowout in the second game. Uh, you know, was taking more patient at bats 
I feel like I've mentioned this a couple of times where it seems like Trevor's story, for example, uh, who had some ugly strikeouts today, is pressing at the plate more right now than Brendan Rodgers is. Crone, when he's struggling, he looks like he's totally out of the whack at the plate and swinging at just nonsense. He took some really good at-bats today. got absolutely hosed in the third inning, bases loaded, and the first two strikes of the at-bat were well outside the zone. Hashtag robot umpires. Hashtag that's absolutely terrible. Like that, that, that totally could have swung the game right there. You never know what's going to happen, but you walk in a run right there with the bases still loaded. And we all know how quickly those types of things can get out of hand in the other direction. Just takes one hit in the gap at that point uh, to really let Sensatella settle in or make what happened there uh, in the seventh not such a big deal because the Rockies may have had a big lead. But those are the kinds of things you care a lot more about in a season where you expect the team to compete. In a season like this, who really cares? Uh, Maybe in the long run it's even a blessing in disguise again as it gets you higher toward the better draft picks, but it sure is frustrating to see a guy, especially again, you know, the Rockies are trying to get uh, some value out of CJ Crone. And if he gets an RBI right there, even if it's just the one for taking the walk, or maybe, you know, if they hadn't called those first couple of strikes, if he's in the three Oh count there, instead of a two, two count, uh, he gets a pitch to hit and he can put one over the wall or in the gap. He can, he can take his shot, guess that a guy's going to bring a fastball, go to where the pitch is, and hammer it in the gap. We all know he's got the ability to do that. That dramatically improves his stock for the trade deadline and all those kinds of things. That's the reason he's out there. So even beyond like, oh, man, it's kind of frustrating. It maybe had an impact on the game or not. Like, Croner's trying to get his RBIs. He's trying to get his, uh, you know, I don't know that he's necessarily trying to get his stock up to get traded, but the Rockies would like to see him do that. And you know, if he wants to play on a winning team at the end of the season, he might like to see that as well. So it's just, it's a bummer to see it go down like that. Uh, but back to the other, just to put a bow on the other point, Brendan Rodgers looking much, much more settled in the plate. Did have a couple of strikeouts in game two. Nobody played well in game two. But still, liking what I'm seeing out of Brendan Rodgers at the dish right now. Uh, where got the batting average at 254, but the OPS with the slugging at 781. So trying to get that thing up closer to 800 and above, and and you're feeling pretty good about that. Also playing very very solid defense, made a phenomenal defensive play at second base in this series. Uh, not a ton from Ryan McMahon, but a little bit. Uh, hit a couple of home runs in the set, putting himself at 15 for the year. Uh, among the leaders of all infielders in the National League. Again, his case for that All-Star game built largely on the home run ball and the stupendous defense, as I've talked about many times before and even written about. The comparison is to Carlos Gonzalez. He's going to go in those stretches where the batting average isn't great. Strikeouts are a little higher than you want him to be. When he does run into the baseball, he hits absolutely gorgeous, no doubt, beautiful Shots. We can all now think we can drive that comparison the other way and imagine what cargo would look like with the unbuttoned shirt, if that's what you're into. Uh, For those of you that were following that story uh, throughout the game. But yeah, 
you know, you, you still want to see him above the 252 batting average. Where is that now? I was just talking about that 800 OPS number. He's at 802. Again, if you're going to be an all-star, you'd like to see it closer to 900 or better. Uh, but the home runs are a big deal, especially when you're able to play the caliber of defense he has at second and third base. And, and primarily, you know, second these days. He was at third today. Uh, but it's that's a position, at least that traditionally, you're not going to get 15 home runs out of uh, by early June out of your second baseman, uh, who's also capable of playing gold glove caliber defense at that position. And, oh, yeah, if you happen to need him to, he can go play gold glove caliber defense at third or first. You can keep him in the lineup. He hits lefties well, all that kind of stuff. So hopefully he can get on one of those hot streaks. Uh, the other side of the Carlos Gonzalez comparison coin there, because uh, if he does, then I think he can drive that average up to 280 or 290, add some more ribbies, some probably some doubles and stuff in there, and maybe even be sitting uh, around 18, 19, 20 home runs by the all-star break. Uh, again, for, for a guy who's playing you know, all these different infield spots, that's pretty damned impressive. And, of course, this other part of the Rockies lineup, Silver Linings podcast, <laughs> part of the uh, situation here, is your dude. Oh, no, wait, is he? Is he my dude? Uh, look, Rymel Tapia, after the average drop down to 250, and I know, <laughs> I know I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here. You all know the rant at this point about the batting average, and I know when I tweet this stuff, people go, oh, my God, this guy thinks batting average is the most important thing. For a lot of players, not necessarily. It does have the WRC Plus back up to 95. If that's what you're into, that's where he's going to be. And I know some people, and, and Patrick has said it on this show, and, and it's not that I disagree, and I've seen you know people say it on Twitter. Someone said it to me today. You know, If he can just hit for a little more pop, we can see that OPS go up. The OPS Plus and WRC Plus will go up. He'll be an over 100 guy. If he could just be a, say, 15 homers a year type of guy in addition to, and this is the trick, you he can't lose the other thing that he's giving you, which is consistent contact. If it has to be one or the other, I think it's been pretty demonstrably proven that Raimel Tapia can make consistent contact. And that's what you need out of him. He's now on a nine, is it nine or 10 game hit streak? I just lost it. I had his baseball reference page up and now I'm back on the main page. I'll bring it back up. Uh, but it's also not a hit streak where, you know, he's going one for four every time out. It reminds me a lot of his 29-game hit streak, which I believe still stands as a record for the Pioneer League back in 2013 when I first saw him out in Grand Junction. So it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, a nine-game hit streak. But as I was about to say, it's not that he's going one for four every night. He's going, as you can see here, three for five. Three for five, three for five again, two for five, one for four, one for four, three for five, one for four, two for four. And, oh, and that's not including, okay, so the, the, the baseball reference doesn't have the Sunday game up just yet. So then two for five. That's a lot of 
multi-hit games in that stretch, uh, in that 10-game hit streak, to go from a batting average that had dropped down to its lowest at, to 253 on June 1st. He entered play against Texas on June 1st with a 253 batting average. And on June 11th, it's at 292. That's how consistently good he's been with the contact. Now, he has added, let's see, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight doubles. So, eight doubles in there, no homers, no triples, eight doubles in the last 10 games. So, that'll help a little bit, too. That'll play quite a bit better. But the on-base percentage being there, at the 335-336 range. And the consistent contact. If he can add the power, that's great. But he cannot lose that consistent contact. Because it can break out in stretches like this. And we've covered, you know, the slump that preceded this was on the surface level, looked a lot worse than it actually was when you consider what he contributed during those 10 games before this 10-game set that I'm talking about, right? Where he hit like a buck 50, but he was also on base all the time and bringing in runs because he doesn't strike out, so he gets sack flies and uh, grounders to the right side with runners on third and all of those little things that don't add to your OPS plus or WRC plus but are more likely for a guy who takes a contact approach, striking out now, uh, again, I don't think this has today. Did he strike out today? He did once today. He's at 13.8% coming into today. As long as he doesn't mess that up, I'm all for him trying to hit for a little more power. But I also, it's why I keep reiterating this point about Tapia, because he's doing it again right now, that a 95 WRC plus or OPS plus or whatever from him or an OPS, a raw OPS that's at 740, right? That's not good for most players. That's not great for most players. When you look inside the consistency of what he specifically does, there's not a lot of guys in baseball this is true of right now. There are a handful of others. There are definitely several throughout history who've made it work, and some of the best players in this category we've talked about before, Ichiro, Tony Gwynn, my guy Juan Pierre, Again, career WRC plus around right about this, 95. You'll take that if it means he's always given whoever else is in the lineup every day an opportunity to drive him in. Just right now, Rockies star hitters, theoretical star hitters, not hitting like star hitters, and they also don't have too many of those guys anymore. <laughs> <laughs> also part of the problem is that some of their star hitters play for the Yankees and Cardinals now. <laughs> so, yeah. As I've often said, you know, you, you plug in this production from Rymal Tapia on that 2018 team, and they win the division pretty comfortably, I would say. It's just a brutal timing window. But, hey, brutal timing windows don't have to cost you money. Just like paying too much for your insurance doesn't have to cost you money. 
Stop spending too much on your home and car insurance. Go to our friends at Gabby. Stands for Get a Better Insurance. Easy way to remember it. G-A-B-I dot com slash D-N-V-R. It'll take you less than 10 minutes. You won't get any phone calls or emails or you won't be asked to pay anything. You won't be charged anything. They'll never contact you again. They will literally just help you save money and then bid you adieu. It's fantastic. It takes less than 10 minutes. Saved me 480 bucks for the year just on car insurance. Our guy, Eric Weedham, saved over a grand. You can save probably hundreds. On average, it's $961 for customers. I'm telling you, it costs you nothing. It's not like our other sponsors where even if it's a great product you love, maybe you just don't have the, the dollar bills to part with right now. And I know a lot of your college students are, are younger and and you don't have all that, but if you've got anything you're paying insurance on, check out Gabby. It's G-A-B-I dot com slash D-N-V-R. Just save yourself some money. And you can spend that money over at our friends Illegal Pete's. Of course, you know all about Illegal Pete's. Not telling you anything you don't know. You know it's delicious. You know they got the absolute best burritos in town of the, uh, you don't even have to mention any of those other pretenders, man. Pete's is what's up. And they're hiring right now. They're hosting. Oh, uh, well, the, the hiring fair is over, but they're hiring right now. I was going to say a 610. Let me see. Uh, okay. So the hiring fair is over, but I do believe that they are still hiring. So check out uh, if you're interested in working at one of the illegal Pete's locations. Again, there's one right down the street from the DNVR bar. Email people at illegalpeats.com. They'll get you set up with an interview. They care a ton about their employees. They pay a living wage to all employees starting at $15 an hour plus tips, free food, drink on shift. They're discounted off duty. They got a 401k match, paid time off to all employees and option for health insurance for all full-time employees. Check them out. Absolutely fantastic. And just for anyone who needs a a burrito and and a margarita, if you've got a game ticket, Anytime this next week, Rocks are going to be in town for a while. Uh, they're the only game in town for a minute with the Nugs and Avalanche out of it. And, you know, Broncos still in the offseason. And so whatever you're out there doing, show them your same gate, same day game tickets. Easy for me to say. And they'll hook you up with uh, a free draft beer or house margarita with purchase of an adult entree. And I need a house margarita. It's been a long week. I'm ready to go down to Illegal Pete's, get myself a... House Margarita, swing on by Solace Meds, hit up the DNVR bar. It's kind of fun row right there on Colfax, isn't it? It's a, it's a good time. I guess, I guess I'm not the first person to point out that if you want, you can have a good time on Colfax. <laughs> uh, so, okay. <laughs> Sorry, baseball, right. Uh, a few final notes. Charlie Blackman with an OK series continues to be right there at uh, 280. I mentioned the struggles of Trevor Story, the golden sombrero in the wrap-up, that's right, four strikeouts, uh, three left on base. That's a pretty rough day for Trevor Story. Still pretty fresh off of the uh, trade, uh, talking about trades, off the injury list, of course, thinking ahead to the trade deadline and people wondering, you know, does how much does Trevor Story's play this year impact what the Colorado Rockies could get for him in any potential deal? I don't think that much. Um you know, obviously injuries and health can be a concern, but if he's just in a little bit of a slump and he's 
playing lethargically and does kind of look that way. You know, right now there was a a lot of a lot of stuff, and you know, it's like his whole career is like Nolan's been right there taking up all of this energy. <laughs> and it was like the second he was gone, it all turned straight to Trevor's story. And you don't want any part of that. And you know, I, I imagine it's gotta be brutal for him because he, he'd really rather just go out there and play some baseball, but at the same time, he does have to think about his future. And, you know, he can't get himself locked up in a bad situation or a situation he doesn't feel like is is right for him. So he's kind of stuck in a weird purgatory and he's kind of playing like a ball player who feels like he's stuck in a weird purgatory. It's it's frustrating to watch because you know how talented he is. And of course, there's always going to be that part of you that almost just wants to rip the bandaid off. Right. And be like, he's going to go somewhere else. Let him go somewhere else and be happy. Let Brendan Rodgers play every day at shortstop. Really fully start and, and commit to the big, air quotes, rebuild, even if you don't have to say the word, and I don't think they have to say the word. Uh, we've talked about all that. But they do need to do uh, some proper building and, and restructuring. Use whatever words you want. they gotta, they got to make some moves, and that may end up having to be one of them. It's, it's sad to see it sort of play out you know, his final days in a Rockies uniform, whether he's traded or ends up going into free agency, not at his best. So for, for all the reasons involved, not the least of which it could excite a team to, to be acquiring a player who's hot and who could come in and really help them win. Tougher when it's shortstops. We've talked about the, the weird market there. Usually teams that are in contention and looking to add one piece to put them over the top aren't short at short. Uh, sorry, walked into that. I just... I just walked into it. There was nowhere else to go. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so you do hope that he, he can get it going for everyone's sake, not the least of which is, of course, Trevor Stories. And opportunity to do that as they have one of the longer homestands of the season, certainly the longest one so far coming up. They will play three against San Diego and then four against Milwaukee. Obviously, I don't need to tell you how good the San Diego Padres are. Always tough to play those guys. If the Rockies pitching isn't on point, that one could get ugly in a hurry. Uh, they've got Austin Gomber going against Denilson Lamette in the opener. Gomber, as we know, has been one of the major bright spots in a sea of cloudy darkness for the Colorado Rockies as of late, he's been good at both home and on the road, looking to continue really over the last month then, close to a half now, having been one of the best pitchers in the National League. Uh, Lamette has dealt, dealt with some injury issues. The Rockies have tagged him a couple of times over the years, but he's also got extraordinary, extraordinary stuff and is one of those young ball players who's getting better all the time and, and can click in and have a, a dominant moment or outing at any given time. So you got to watch out for him. Uh, in the second game, one of my favorite pitchers in all of Major League Baseball, though <laughs> maybe caught with some of the sticky stuff. I, I want to talk about all the sticky stuff once we get Patrick back on. I consider doing that as a solo, but... There's just too much good dialogue to have back and forth there. So we'll get into the sticky balls. Ha 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 ha. 
in the future, but a major, major pitching advantage for the San Diego Padres in the second game of the set as you Darvish and his 228 ERA are set to take on Chichi Gonzalez, now sporting a 574 ERA after, as we discussed earlier, giving up three home runs in an inning to the Miami Marlins in his last outing. Going to be an uphill battle for the Rockies in that one, though you never know. And again, the Rockies have been much better at home, including and especially and perhaps most perplexingly, the pitching. So we'll see what they get out of Chi-Chi in that one. And another guy looking to bounce back will be Kyle Freeland. Goes in the third game, another afternoon game. So that's kind of a tough draw for Freeland. He'll get a hot, probably, I haven't checked the weather, but a hot afternoon day game at Coors Field against a Padres lineup that's loaded up with power right-handed hitters. And he will face off against Blake Snell, who's very, very, very good, but not quite as good in terms of the numbers as you know people would think sitting there with the 497 ERA. Uh, you know, as I talked about when the Padres acquired him, that I thought his best year there in Tampa was probably a bit of an outlier, and Tampa probably thought the same thing. And that's uh, a bit of why they did what they did. But still, obviously, a very capable guy. He's somebody that the Rockies have had an odd relationship against over the years. Uh, they've had a few times where they've gotten to him and a few times where they've just been absolutely shut down by him. So that stands to be a pretty interesting Wednesday afternoon game. And then, like I said, after that, four games against Milwaukee. Then they'll have the day off next Monday, the 21st, an odd two-game set in Seattle, uh, the 22nd, 23rd, another day off. Then they go to Milwaukee. They finish out the month back home against Pittsburgh uh, before welcoming, finally, at the start of July, those St. Louis Cardinals and whoever their third baseman happens to be. That's a four-game series, so plenty of opportunity for drama and, and whatever else to arise, or not, or not, or for there just to be some fun baseball games, hopefully. So that should be fun and interesting. Has anybody noticed how many times we've had two day games in a row this year? I got to look up. I'm, I'm sure there's a reason for it that I should probably know. And it's like, look, I, I'm far more focused, obviously, on the game logs of Rymal Tapia and the isolated slugging numbers for isolated slugging, isolated power numbers for Brendan Rodgers or, or what the ERA plus of Austin Gomber than I am. Why do we keep having day games on Saturdays? <laughs> what What is with the schedule this year? There's also been an odd one, and we did it this week too. Um, the, yeah, these have been the two quirks of the schedule this year that I just can't remember this happening so many times. The double day games, which and it's usually Saturday and Sunday, and then the double night games, the, the series wrap, that was a night game and we did it this week right on. Yeah, it was Thursday, a Thursday night game that wrapped up the set in Miami. And that actually threw off a a live show. We were going to have Spence Smith on to come and hang out and just drink some beers and chat baseball and, you know, do the things that we do. And (laughs) this is going, Oh no, it's a night game and he had stuff he had to get to the next day and couldn't stay up and 
and, and do the show. Part of why it's been a little disjointed this week. So we appreciate you all sticking with us. But yeah, just noticing these schedule quirks. So I might look it up, but if anybody just knows the answer to why that's been the case this year, why the schedule is just on. Oh, check this out. Yeah, okay. So like, uh, this is the point that I'm making. So after the homestand, San Diego and Milwaukee, then I said day off, two games in Seattle, night game, day game. Makes sense. Nothing totally out of the normal. I've always thought two game series were a little bit strange, but they've always been a part of the schedule. And you just go, okay, fine. I'm sure that needed to make things fit for both teams. Okay. Then another day off. Always frustrating when they go like 17 straight days without a day off, and then they have two in one week. That's always a little annoying, especially, again, as you know, for a team that has to deal with all the altitude and all the extra travel and all those things. Whatever. Okay. So then day off on the 21st, day off on the 24th, and then three straight day games in Milwaukee. Mountain time, 210, 210, 1210. I don't, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I don't understand. This is very, yeah, uh, someone's going to, because didn't Patrick say on a show we did earlier this year where there were three straight day games that that hadn't happened in like 40 or 50 years? I don't know if he was just making that up. <laughs> uh, as you can tell, the, the schedule, I usually don't pay a ton of attention to the schedule. Baseball schedules tend to be pretty samesy from year to year. You play the Dodgers, Giants, Padres, and Diamondbacks 40,000 times a year. You have day game or night game, night game, day game, getaway day. Day games on Sundays and Thursdays. Mondays are typically your off days if you've got them. You play everybody a certain number. You know, it's pretty cookie cutter. And so I don't usually, I don't know a lot about how baseball schedules are made and stuff. I've never needed to before. Sorry, this is a a totally weird and, and random tangent that I'm getting on now. But it's just something I'm very curious about suddenly. And as you can see, I've never been curious about before. In the slightest. Is there another day game, day game, day game? Any other weird quirks? I'm just going to look through the schedule now. Now that's, that's weird. So two, that'll be the second time this year, three straight day games. We should do some, uh, we should do something at the bar, like day drinking with the Rockies down at the DNVR bar. They're out of town. They're playing Milwaukee. There's plenty of beer metaphors that we can make. Although they changed the name, so. Well, okay, now that's, oh, no, I guess that's not weird. A Monday day game and a Wednesday day game against Pittsburgh. Anyway, I'm getting too into this. But that'll be, yeah. So they, um, they'll they play day game Friday, day game Saturday, day game Sunday, day game Monday, night game Tuesday, day game Wednesday. <laughs> that'll be five out of six day games to wrap up. The month of June. You know, right when you really want to be doing things in the middle of the day. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> I don't know. Any of you schedule experts out there, hit me up. I'm sure Patrick knows about these kinds of things. It's the kind of thing we would have had a conversation about if he was here. We'll, we'll get his thoughts on all this stuff when he's able to return Uh <laughs> this is going. I don't know what's going on with the schedule. So, 
All right, final ad reads for you here. Of course, you know all about our friends, the Colorado XOs. They are the new hot thing in town. I promise you, you got to check it out. Rugby is a whole lot of fun. The Colorado XOs make what's already a whole lot of fun that much more fun. Uh, they're currently 5-5. Five and five. It's a great start for a brand new team playing against professionals that have been playing for years. If you haven't heard of them, they're Rugby Town USA's newest rugby team. They're athletes who have competed at the highest level in their respective sports. So, also, if you yourself are an athlete and are interested in trying out for the Colorado XO program, contact the Director of Recruitment, Peter Pasquet. His email is ppasque at glendale.us.us. There, <laughs> it was like dot .us. Uh, I think they say US on those. I was, I was so ready for a dot .com. ppasque at glendale.co.us. That's what threw me off. There it is. So check them up. A lot of great stuff coming up in August at Infinity Park. Great family outing, fast-paced rugby. You can see the field from all vantage points. You can walk around. Uh, They got some Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse showing. They got uh, movies going on uh, at this time in July for, uh, what is it, July 12th. There it is. Gates open at 6. Movie nights you can check out at Infinity Park at glendale.com slash events. Uh, it's, it's really a fantastic venue. I highly recommend everyone check it out. And of course, download and subscribe to the DNVR Rugby Podcast to stay up to date on all things rugby with our guy, Colton Strickler. He knows what's up. Follow him on Twitter for all the fun. If you're really run down about the Rockies right now, but you want to have a fun sports watching experience and, and get into maybe something a little bit else for your mental health, I highly recommend the Colorado XOs little bit of rugby could be good for you, especially if you're going to get out into the sun at Infinity Park. Absolutely gorgeous. Check them out. All right. I'll wrap things up today um, by, uh, I wanted to give one final thought from um, something that I, I, I talked about earlier in, in, in the podcast that I did about uh, anxiety and all those things. So uh, sorry about that, but I just, uh, you know, after seeing some responses to it and uh, also, I, you know, happening to, to read some stuff uh, additional that, that it was really strange. I ironically came across my timeline uh, on Twitter at just the right time. Um, I was reminded of just how easy it is and how I'm certainly no different uh, to, to get that kind of hip of dopamine when you feel like you've really dunked on someone or really made a, a, a great joke, right, at someone's expense, especially. And, you know, that's that's been a, a weird element of being on, on Twitter and having social media and sort of needing to reach out and, and be a part of the public, but also understanding that Twitter is a very strange way to try to interact with uh, your fellow humans, <laughs> just, just, you know, with humanity and whatnot. And so, um, I, I thought I would, would kind of conclude a, a week in which the Rockies won one baseball game and, and just barely. And, you know, we had, uh, some of these interesting conversations and we're, we're looking forward to the future of the Rockies and, and what's going to happen next. And there's a lot of you know, anxiety uh, in the air about that. And, 
you know, the one thing I just wanted to say is let's all try to give each other a little extra space to be imperfect. That's, that's the thing I, I wish I had said earlier that I didn't. So sorry, I jumped into the actual baseball podcast with one thing, but uh, I, I just wanted to make sure that I said that, that and include us, including, especially me, I can only control myself. So I, I'll just make that as a promise that I'm going to try to remember, you know, everyone's going through their own battles on the daily and uh, they don't always owe you an explanation. I think, I think that's what I didn't say earlier about my own, you know, kind of deeply felt anxieties is that my great fear is that I will enter the world that doesn't understand me, will demand I explain myself and then won't listen to the explanation. And I've gone through that exact thing a lot. And it's easy to say, oh, we'll just pay that no mind. You know, don't don't pay any attention when people do that. Uh, but it's not so easy. I don't think it's easy for anybody. So I, I hope we can all just kind of move forward with that a little bit more here, remembering that you know, everybody involved. And, and, and I do it even with, you know, some of my favorite targets, umpires and... Uh, and the national media and uh, whomever, right? That, you know, I think most people are trying their best most of the time. And all any of us really want is for someone to earnestly attempt to understand things from our perspective. We can all do a better job of trying to do that for each other. I guess that's the the way I'll, I'll put it, you know, myself, absolutely included. So I hope that hasn't been, you know, too much preachy nonsense that isn't necessarily about baseball, but I do think it, it's important conversation how we do our business here and, and why I feel like, you know, it's different. And, and, you know, people have often asked me about our competitors. I don't, I don't feel like we have competitors. Uh, and that's, that's not like a, to say, Oh, we're better than everyone. Else. Everybody does different things. They, do very, very different kind of baseball coverage at The Athletic than we do here, or Thomas Harding does, or, you know, the Denver Post does very, very different style of coverage. Even the the blogs like Rocks Pile and Purple Row, very different from each other, very different from us. These are all different lanes, and, you know, I assume you've all got more than one hour of your day for Rocky's content, which is all I'm asking for most of the time, and you're consuming all of these things, and so I don't view it as this, you know, big competition. Um, but I do feel the need to say, because it's often asked of me, people will say, Drew, why are you trying to be the contrary? Why will you be the only one who doesn't say X, Y, or Z or do these things? And it's not about being the only one or not. But we did set out at DNVR to do things a little bit differently. And part of that is treating each other like family. And and by that, I mean all of us. Treating everyone who works at DNVR, everyone who subscribes, everyone who comes down to the DNVR bar like family. And some people you know, roll their eyes at that or think it's just a line or whatever. And that's fine. And I understand. But it isn't. That's who we are. That's where, what we're about. That's why I feel confident and comfortable going a little deeper with some of you all on this show because you know it's it's not enough just to say well this is 
what I think. I think it's important for you all to have as full and a complete understanding as possible of why I think the way that I do. If you're going to listen to me talk for an hour a day, five days a week, year round, some of you in the winter, you weirdos, I love you. I love each and every single one of you. You literally pay my bills. I would have to be doing some job that I hate probably if there weren't enough people who are hardcore Colorado Rockies fans who even in times like now, some people quit on the team. If everyone quit on the team, if absolutely everyone just totally quit on the Rockies and boycotted them right now, I wouldn't have a job anymore. So it's you hardcore people who watch even when they're bad, care even in December, buy shirts and subscriptions, because, you know, at least we're going to have a good baseball talk. You guys really make, make it all worthwhile, man. You really do. Some people think that I've got the, the greatest job in the world because I get to go down to the ballpark and, and talk to the players and get some great seats and always be there. And look, those perks are amazing. And I don't want to downplay them whatsoever, but I'm not kidding you. And I felt, you know, maybe a bit too negative earlier when I was talking about some elements of the community. And I stand by what I said earlier, but it's important to also say the flip side, that it's I don't just hear the voices of the people that drive up the anxiety and the frustrations and, and the feeling that I'm just disappointing everybody all the time because I won't say what they want, but I also can't be honest with myself and not piss them off. It's definitely a... <laughs> frustrating crowd that I have to deal with every single day. But the flip side of that is, of course, all of you fine folks, all of you guys who do send me nice notes all the time and we're always talking baseball and we're getting into it and we're loving the game and we're celebrating the history of the organization and the franchise and remembering things and looking forward together for the next time that the Rockies will be back in the postseason and remembering to enjoy each other's company and treat each other well in the meantime, rather than scream at each other over a baseball team. All right. Thank you all for listening in and, and gotten through it with me on my own for most of the week. Really do appreciate each and every single one of you, make sure you're subscribed to the dnvr.com so you don't miss out on any of the written content. You get access to the Discord channel, constant discounts, free shirts, ballistic stick, you know, the works. Also, follow everyone on social media and be nice on social media. Just, just be kind. You don't have to be nice. You don't have to be fake. Just be kind on social media. I'm at Drew Creaseman, at Patrick D. Lyons, at Michaela E. Perkins, and of course, at dnvr underscore Rockies. I hope and know that you will continue to be absolutely awesome baseball fans out there. You know that all I can do is continue to be absolutely Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we'll see you at the ballpark.